0: Podcast produced locally in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington DC. Here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. Once again joined by Father Larry Swank. Hey Bill. Oh happy feast day. Today we're gonna uh, kind of talk about uh, St. Faustina, her message. is still relevant today. And um, Father, go ahead.
1: Great. Yeah, so know, today yourself. Uh you know, St. Paul's feast day, as probably many of you know, and um, you know, I think that uh, you know, many of us we we, when we think about St. Faustina, we think about the Divine Mercy Chaplain, things like this. But she's a fascinating saint and really a prophet uh, of the of the modern uh, for us today. I think we need to look at her message. So I thought we would first, you know, uh, maybe Bill, we could start with like a little bit about her. Um, you know, she wanted to be a nun at the young age. At, you know early in her childhood, her mother did not want her to join the convent. And her first vision of Jesus Christ is she was at a high school dance with her sister Natalia. And um like on the dance floor, she saw Jesus Christ suffering, like his scourged body on the dance floor. And in so many words he says, why are you why are you forsaking your call? <laughs> so apparently she immediately went to the church. The priest told her to pack her bags and go go to Krakow and join a convent. And she immediately—it's almost like when Jesus says, you know—he called Matthew, and, and Matthew immediately followed Jesus. It was one of those those numbers where she just immediately went to join this religious order. Uh, she was refused several times, and then she was finally accepted into the order, which she started having the visions of Christ. And um, you know, so I guess I don't know Bill. Where, where should we start this conversation? You know, I mean. Uh, about her, you know, and her, her, because I know you know a lot about divine mercy and a lot of, I mean, we, you know, to talk about her, but what would be some things if you want to take this conversation? Maybe
0: start with some of the promises, uh, or, you know, revealed to her. The promises. Okay. Uh, in terms of what? Uh, that are, well, or, or some of the revelations that, you know, our, our yeah. Lord made to her.
1: Right. So well, one of the main promises is our Lord wanted him, her to preach about God's mercy. And, um, he wanted an image, uh, to be set up, uh, in his, in, uh, basically, uh, a certain pattern, a picture that she wanted to be drawn that people would, would, uh, venerate. And, um, and basically the main message was this, is that I, I would say in so many words that the time is short, take advantage of my mercy. You know, like this is war and that I love souls so much. And, and there's nothing more that I want is then for people to come back to God and, um, and, and uh, I here's here's one quote that our Lord said and, and the one thing about the divine mercy diary which I like is if you read it uh, Jesus's words are always bold so if you want to skip if you want to skip uh, um, you know Faustina's thoughts which are very profound and beautiful and just go to what Jesus says which I do many times uh, you can just read in prayer you can read some of the, the, the things that Jesus said and um here's one particular quote she says the Lord said to me, "The loss of each soul plunges me into mortal sadness. You always console me when you pray for sinners. The prayer most pleasing to me is prayer for the conversion of sinners. Know, my daughter, that this prayer is always heard and answered." And I think this particular quote is should be very um, consoling, and especially for those that are praying for their kids to come back to church or for um, you know uh, you know for a friend that's that's not. Uh, living a godly life or not living with the sacraments is that this this prayer is very pleasing and and and, and our Lord is just really asking uh, for for souls to come back to Him and you know one of the things I've realized um, too, Bill, is that uh, our Lord kind of always gives saints these like really like comforting yet dour messages. <laughs> like, I mean, it's 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 always like I, I don't know like well, I, I think you, it was yeah well, I mean,
0: was just it's 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 this particular, some of these uh, particular things that, you know, he revealed and shared with her, they're, they're not that pleasant. I mean, there it's, it's, you know, you're, you're almost hearing like the, the, um, you know, the, the, the human aspects of him, the, 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 the you know, the, the, the hurt and the, um, the the suffering that, that our, that our sins cause him.
1: Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, but then she, you know, St. Faustina had a lot of suffering in her life. And, uh, you know, I, I, what I like to do on saints days, I always um, like to quote, like go to, uh, you know, I, I invoked, usually in the morning I'll invoke the saint. I'll t- Google on my phone, that saint in quotes, you know. And uh, the first the first quote you get from St. Faustina, let me see if I can dig this up, is uh, something about suffering. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, suffering is the greatest gift in the world, you know. Uh, hold on. And, like, all the saints say that, and it's just like, oh, gosh, you know. Um, let me see if I can find this. Uh, St. Faustina quotes. Okay, here it is. Let me pull this up. And this was, like, the first thing that came to me when I was praying today, and I was like, all right, I want to, I want something that could really consoling from one of the saints. And um, so it says, yeah, suffering is the greatest treasure on earth. It purifies the soul, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, she, I think, I think she died like many saints. I, I believe it was tuberculosis, wasn't it? I believe so, yep. Yeah. And so I don't know too much about that particular disease. We don't hear too many get TV today, but it's brutal. And it was br- as a brutal disease for anyone who died of that, just like St. Tresla Sue died of that. You yeah, know, and we all, yeah. And she died at 33 years old, which is, is fascinating.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, let's not, we don't want this to get lost in this, in this. And, um, there was a period of time when she first started, you know, having these um, <clears throat> conversations for lack of a better term where she, she was thought to be nuts. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, in her, you know, in her own convent with the, with the priests and bishops who, you know, were were, were they were going to with this information it didn't, didn't start out well for her.
1: No, not at all. Um, you know, so, you know, another, another thing she says here is, uh, um, you know a lot of it i think is about you know souls coming back to confession you know and i i think sadly it's it's one of those i don't know i mean still today you know as a priest i just so many people are just so reluctant to go to confession i mean just just you know the whole thing about mercy see this is a problem is it gets misconstrued many times is that people look at mercy as you know god, you know god overlooks our sin and that's not what it is at all Mercy means we get something that we don't deserve, which is, Lord, if we're sorry, will give us full, will will let us off the hook. But we have to acknowledge our our wickedness. We have to acknowledge our sin. We have to acknowledge our trust in God and that He will save us. And there is this, uh, and I think the divine mercy message is also like, hey, take it now, because if not, you know, there's repercussions if you meet the judgment of God when you die without. You know, right now Jesus is a is a merciful savior when he dies. He is a he's a judge. And and uh we have to it, we will be judged and according to what we received on earth, the graces received and the, and so forth. And like today, and uh another quote when she talks about confession, she says, uh, the Lord said, Daughter, when you go to confession to this fountain of mercy, the blood and water which came forth from my heart always flows down upon your soul and ennobles it every time you go to confession, immerse yourself entirely in my mercy with great trust so that I may pour the bouncing of my grace upon your soul. When you approach the confessional, know this that I myself am waiting there. I'm only hidden by the priest. You know, and that's you know, that's amazing. I go to confession on Thursdays, and I might have to go to Father Bob Kilner tomorrow. <laughs> Guess what? He's Jesus Christ when I go to confession to him. And um, you know, but it it is a great mystery. And uh, but he says this, I am only hidden by this by the priest, but I myself act in the soul. And uh, But he also goes on to say, tell souls that from this fount of mercy, Charles' grace is solely for the vessel of trust. And I think that's another, like, that's another message uh, that people need to hear is like, um, especially today, like, I don't know, man, like, there's just so many tangents, so many, so many weird things happening, so many mystical kind of experiences people are having, uh, sufferings that God's allowing souls to have. Um you know, yada, yada, yada. And I think too, he's like, when I look at that picture of divine mercy, you know, and you see those three letters, Jesus, I trust, you know, Jesus, I trust in you, you know, those four words, you know, sometimes like it's hard when you're going through like rough times to think, is this going to work out? Okay. You yeah. know, when, yeah. when he's, when he's tested, when, when the Lord tests, you know, test our faith or, you know, allows, you know, some kind of calamity to happen or, you know, let's. You know, when did this happen? This is in the nineteen, you know, twenties, and shortly thereafter we World War One and World War Two. You know, like just a lot of crazy stuff happened in the world. You know, this and then all kinds of things in the in the twentieth century. You know,
0: this this private revelation is one that I think really speaks to, you know, it's the the human side of of, of Christ. Um, you know, He's using terms that we that, you know, that we can feel the the way he describes, you know, what, what our sins, you know, do to him and things like that. So there's that, but it also for as dire as some of these, you know, some of these conversations are as to, you know, the way um, the, the, you know, the pain he's in, it also gives, you know, there are some stark messages, but there's also some really good ones. Like the, the greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. My mercy is confirmed in every work of my hands. He who trusts in my mercy will not perish for all his affairs are mine. And his enemies will be shattered at the base of my footstool. Um, there's hope there. Right. You know, um, but let's talk a little bit about, uh, and we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more, but, Let's talk about private revelation and what the church says about private revelation, because there's, there's, I don't want to say there's controversy, but
1: you know, right. Right. So <clears throat> private revelation is different than the the deposit of faith, which is uh, what we have to believe in faith is what came down from the apostles. Right. So the Bible is divine revelation tradition. Our, our teachings are part of that tradition, whatever the church, you know, comes through the, the church, the magisterium through the years of the church and this is called the deposit of faith you know like things like purgatory you know the ten commandments uh, our moral teachings uh, these are all these are all um that's revelation you know the fact that jesus is god that's a rep that was revealed to us the divine revelation so uh that's that's always been the same always will be the same we have to believe that with catholic and divine faith you know uh, as catholics we, we were called to believe this okay now a, a private revelation, like you know, this one or Fatima or you know, Medjugorje or these types of things, um, are not part of the devise of the faith. They are private. They were revelations given to private people, you know, to tell the world. Um, now, not all of them. I mean, i don't, not every person that sees Jesus Christ, and not every person that, as you know, will come to the rectory and say, "I saw the Blessed Virgin Mary." Are we to believe? Because someone, it's they're not. That's not. It wasn't really Jesus, and and the person might have been crazy. So. The church uh, does, uh, you know, uh, has, and will always, you know, sort of. There are certain divine re- private revelations where they will uh, basically, you know, say, "Yeah, this definitely is uh, from God. It definitely did happen." Um, however, a person, a, a Catholic person, does not have to believe the res, you know, these these sort of mef- messages in the same way we, we believe the deposit of faith. But these these private revelations, kind of, uh, if they're correct and they're of God, they they. They basically affirm what we've always taught, you know, and they help us to believe, you know, the deposit of faith.
0: Talk a little bit about um, Saint John Paul II and his hand, if you will, in the promotion
1: of Divine Mercy Sunday. Right. So, well, I mean, he uh, he himself died on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is was 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 unbelievable. And then uh, uh, he was the one who canonized Saint Faustina, obviously. It was that obvious yeah. Polish connection. Yeah, and they were both they were both alive at the same time. And so you had Maximilian Kolbe, you had uh, St. Faustina and you had um, um, John Paul II uh, living at the same time, which is like three amazing saints all at the same time living, living in the same, you know, basically neighborhood, yeah, which is unbelievable. Um, it was kind of like a the, the Holy triangle right there, you know? And uh, so, I mean, his whole thing was, I think that, you know, A, she's Polish. So <laughs> I'm sure there was a little bit of, of that going on. Uh, secondly, um, you know, I mean, he was, you know, he John Paul II. His whole pontific was trying to people, get set, people set right on, on 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 morals. You know, like John Paul II was sort of like, I would say, a soldier in trying to correct some of the um, you know the ongoing heresies that were happening. You know, in the in the church at the time. You know, where people were, you know, refuting you know things like abortion and contraception, and you know, saying no. I mean, even in the in the church, there was like these sort of strange teachings that were starting to go in about morality, you know, about sexuality and these other things. And John Paul II really is kind of reaffirming that, hey, look, you know, we can't change what the church has always taught and, you know, sin is a sin. But let's 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 really look at it and and talk about why he really was a good teacher on why the church teaches it, why it's appropriate, why it's the it is based on love of God and neighbor and gave a very positive spin on morality, I think, you know, for people. He's like, oh you know, like theology of the body would be a perfect example. You know, he just He's like, look, this is, you know, if we just look at it, you can't do this, you're not going to follow. But if you look at like, what is what is God actually asking you to do in your marriage? And, you know, what is the, you know, how is, how is uh, you know, sexuality made uh, sort of, uh, made it, you know, sort of a, an act of love and the image of the Trinity? It's all of a sudden it has this very positive, you know, viewpoint, you know? And for any out there, theology of the body is a great thing to study, especially if you're married or single or whatever. Um, I don't know if there's too many groups anywhere. It was really big when I was in the seminary. Um, but anyway, I think his whole thing was like he really wanted people back to the sacraments. Uh, he really wanted people back into, you know, adoration, people back into going to confession. Because during his pontificate, there was this whole like, there you know, there was this whole push to, you know, have these penance services where, you know, you write your sins on a piece of paper. You throw them in a bonfire and, you know, general absolution. And John Paul II spent his whole pontificate cleaning that stuff up. And I think he thought that St. Faustina was a great saint to kind of, um, you know, kind of reflect upon uh, about what, what, you know, what's this whole, what's, you know, what's this whole life about, you know, and, and why do we need God's mercy? And, and, uh, and uh, let, you know, let's take advantage of this, of, of, of our Lord's, you know, um, invitation to uh, live a whole new life. Right. So
0: let's talk a little bit about the, the image. Cause a, a couple of the, um, a couple of the things uh, attributed to her in her diary, you know, speak specifically about the image of first being I, I am offering again, our Lord speaking, I'm offering people a vessel with which they are to keep coming for graces to the fountain of mercy. That vessel is this image with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. And then a promise. I promise it, the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of death. I myself will defend it as my own glory. So let's talk a little, little, we'll start with the beams, the red,
1: the red and white beams. Right. You know, the beams coming out of the heart. Well, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the way it's been described is the, you know, and it goes, it's, it's tied in with the gospel of of John where the soldier pierced the side of Jesus with the lance and blood and water came out of the side of Jesus um, after he died. And, the bat the waters represent the the waters of baptism right of new life and uh and we receive like you know when we receive god's mercy right that our baptismal grace if we are in the state of mortal sin is regenerated in the soul it's you know the catechism talks about confession as being like a, a second baptism you know or third baptism whatever you know and, and, and i mean obviously if we're already in a state of grace and we're just going you know just to freshen up i mean the the grace is the sanctifying grace increases the 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 graces of baptism increased each time we receive the sacrament of baptism, and um, you know, in terms of, uh, and then the, the the blood, you know, the the red is, is the blood of Christ, but also is the image of the Eucharist, where uh, that one of the, the one of the graces, you know, that uh, that Jesus wanted to sort of you know also promote into to Saint Faustina to get people to to really think about is you know do you do you believe in the power of the Eucharist, you know um and uh and this is this is like sort of a i think today we're you know kind of worship is uh attacked in many ways um the the mass is attacked i mean i think this is a very timely issue where you know one of the great quotes i think of saint of of the diary is when you know saint faustina was asked asked our lord you know what's your you know what's the thing that hurts your heart the most and he said I stay in a, in a gold box all day and people treat me like a dead object, you know. And he's speaking about the fact that many people look at the Eucharist just a, you know, sort of, you know, just a wafer in a box that Catholics just sort kind of keep there. And it's not knowing that that's Jesus Christ, the Lord. And um, so I, I think it's just also, you know, where we see so many people not going to the Eucharist or they're not necessarily excited about it or even think it's anything to think about. You know, people, um, and we've talked about this in past you know, podcasts where a lot of people are just sort of drifting from the sacraments and drifting from um, our Lord in some ways. You know that this is you know to get people back to the Eucharist and the healing the healing effects of the Eucharist on top of the of the sacrament of reconciliation, which is sort of re- the regeneration of the baptism. Okay. So yeah, you know, and I think too, um, you know, uh, there was there was one in particular. Uh, there was a quote where, like, I think like. Our Lord talked about Poland and how, like Jesus was like holding off His judgment. And uh, let me see if I can dig this up. Um, it was on on uh, uh, uh let's see. Let me see if I can find this. But it was uh, she like our, our our Saint Faustina like implored. Um, let's see, Faustina look at this so um yeah here it is okay yeah listen to this jesus told saint faustina she says i saw a great wrath of god and a shudder pierced my heart i prayed in silence after a moment jesus said to me my child unite yourself closely to me during the sacrifice that means during mass and offer my blood and my wounds to my father in, in expiation for the sins of the city the sins of the city and i think that would probably crack Krakow, or maybe it was warsaw you know i think it was i think it was crackle that's where she lived repeat this without interruption throughout the entire holy mass do this for seven days after seven days faustina explains i saw jesus in a bright cloud and began to beg him to look upon the city and look upon our whole country jesus looked down graciously when i saw the kindness of jesus i began to beg his blessing immediately jesus said for the sake for your sake i bless the entire country Later, our lady came, our lady, our Mary appeared to Faustina with a similar request. For nine days, receive Holy Communion, atonement, and unite yourself closely to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. During these nine days, you will stand before God as an offering, always and everywhere, at all times and place, day or night. Whenever you wake up, pray in the Spirit. In one spirit, we can, one can always remain in prayer. You know, so basically that, uh, uh, you know, her prayer, like, sort of. Warded off this some kind of calamity upon Krakow, the city, for the sins of the city. You know, which kind of shows you that you know God's judgment is not something to be taken lightly, and that you know sin does offend God greatly, and that's why mercy is so beautiful.
0: And this 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 particular revelation we're talking about is it really is one that that I, I think more than any other where um, the, the conversation back and forth between the two of them uh, really is about obviously mercy but it he addresses sin over and over again not not something to be afraid of you know as we just read before um the 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 i forgot the term but the 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 greater the sinner the you know the greater the right he has to my mercy and and it really really is a the tie in to uh confession and 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 holy communion is huge right.
1: absolutely man absolutely and you can see, like, you know, once again, it goes back to that whole message of what? Divine mercy. And then, like, the blood and water which gushed forth from the side of Jesus, a fountain of mercy for us, you know? This, you know, this call to repentance and receiving God's mercy and confession and and, and going back to the Eucharist, you know, for the sake of the sorrowful passion. Remember, once again, we have to kind of go back to the concept that the Mass is a representation of Calvary and all the graces of Calvary given to us now in an unbloody sacrifice today, you know? And you know I've said this you know many times in homilies and Saint Thomas's line where, you know one mass pleases God more than all the sins of humanity offend him, right?
0: Yeah, it seems. It it also seems like this, you know, originally many people uh, um, attributed this this feast, um, and even before that, or or even today, her her memorial is more of a is a cultural thing. I think among you know East Europeans at first, but there's a there's a lot for for especially today uh to get out of not only reading her diary and the message but but you know the whole divine mercy novena and right you know
1: have you, have you done novena
0: yeah yep and as a matter of fact I remember I think it was during covid we were oh, yeah, we, know, did, we, we, looked, did. we did it and you said that was the first time you actually completed
1: the nine days that was the first time ever yeah. i've always done it i always miss on good Friday because i always <laughs> be here confessions i would forget to do it like a bum you know yep and uh yeah it was beautiful i remember that you know doing and folks i think we have that it's on our deeper dive i'm not sure what, what nah, it it's on the
0: pair uh, we'll, we'll, i'll put a link to it up yeah
1: yeah so we'll put a link. we did we did a whole like uh novena to the and it's it's during holy week and it's a really yep. powerful uh, Novena, where we asking for grace, and you get a plenary indulgence for doing it, which is really powerful.
0: But you're right, because it begins the week, a couple of days before Easter. It's right. Good Friday is it's so easy to forget it to do to to do it that day, but
1: right, right. So, but anyway, I just think it's it's a great feast day. And I just think you know, with you know, like, I, but also the divine mercy you know, message gives us great hope. You know that, that God really wants to save souls. Well, know? and now
0: and now more than ever, I think uh, so many people are looking for hope because there's
1: yeah. Right. 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 And, uh, and I, I just, I just think too, that, that this is, you know, St. Faustina is probably like, you know, look looking down from heaven, you know, just imploring for us, you know, to take, take, um, take, take our Lord seriously. Um, so yeah, she's going to be a St. Faustina. I think in years to come is going to be a very powerful saint you know, a hundred years from now, you know, we're going to, I think there's going to be a much bigger devotion. It's already growing like wildfire. I mean, it's interesting how we had, you know, two powerful saints this, this week, right? I mean, St. Therese and St. Uh, Faustina, which both of them, like, you know, live kind of, obsc- I mean, you know, both kind of clammed up in a, in, a, in a monastery, but, like, their messages are just so profound and, you know, really kind of are touching a lot of people's hearts, you know, years years later, you know? And, um, and I just think that the devotion to divine mercy is going to grow uh, and, and ought to, as we see, sort of sin and attacks against humanity increase, you know? Um, And I I just think that this is, this is very timely, you know? Agreed.
0: All right, Father,
1: Uh, prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, today on this feast of St. Faustina, Uh, we just implore your grace and mercy upon our country, our church, our world. Um, We ask all people never to be afraid to approach you and, at any time to begin again especially in confession or just when they lose hope to just ask for your grace and also to see the beauty of the mass and how it's such a powerful witness of your love for us today and uh, we ask you to bless everyone listening the father the son and the holy spirit amen